Welcome to the Caring for Seniors podcast. My name is Lee Zia. And I'm Samantha Bowen. And we're here to simplify aged care for you and your family. As carers, it is extremely important that we take care of ourselves so we can avoid burnout and overwhelm. Today, we have Cassie Day, the founding director of The Carer's Place. She is a driving force behind creating social change that supports carers. With over 14 years experience as a carer herself, Cassie is an inspirational woman who has the ability to inspire people to be the best they can be, to take control of their lives and to stand in their power. So we knew that she would be the best person to talk to about self-care practices. Welcome, Cassie. So Cassie, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Um, I was just wondering, you've got this amazing business. Um, How did you come about to to building this? Um, I have, uh, well, I'm very excited to have this new business and it's uh, pretty much been a work in progress ever since I became a carer 14 years ago. Um, It it was about a month after I had uh, had my first baby and he was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And um, over the years, I've obviously learned, as you do, significant amounts about the health system, about being a carer and what works and what doesn't. And um, I've always felt compelled to help people and, and I've generally been in uh, jobs and in, in careers that have done that, um, but not to the depth that was satisfying for me as a person. And um, over the last few years or last five years, I've made significant uh, lifestyle changes for myself and my children. And um, and I moved into a career in, in health and fitness, um, which was great, but I didn't feel like I was still giving enough of myself or I certainly wasn't reaching uh, people on a much uh, broader um, perspective and not deeply enough. And uh, what I realised over the last couple of years in particular is uh, my skills to be able to help people um, who are currently carers and help them, one, gain perspective, but two, Uh, provide them with all of the supports they need to be a more effective carer to look after themselves and to access the services that they need so that they feel that they're one taking care of themselves but two uh, taking really great care of the person they're looking after and that's how it came about. So when we are when we are the primary carer for a loved one why is it so important that we undertake self-care rituals and routines? Um at the the end of the day, it's it's about looking after yourself so you can give the very best of yourself to the person you're caring for, but also so you can maintain a sense of self. Fantastic. So in reality, it's all about maintaining your own sense of self because you are more than being a carer. Absolutely. And as people, when we lose that sense of self, everything else seems to go by the wayside um, and we tend to not look after our own physical health, which then leads into issues with our mental health and it beca- can become a very vicious cycle and a downward spiral. Um, and so, you know, vitally when we're in that role of being a carer, we just 
simply can't afford for that to happen. So the primary experience that you've had is with your children and our listeners, their primary experience is with their older parents. Are the skills that you're talking about around self-care transferable? Absolutely, they are. Um, The five key areas that I really like to concentrate on and that I think are vital um, to self-care or your own um, well-being are nutrition, physical activity, being organised and and planning well, um, having your support team in place and mindset. Now, that is universal. It doesn't matter who you're caring for. They are still vital for you to maintain a really positive sense of well-being. That's, so you said five key steps. Can you walk us through those? Sure. So I firstly, I said nutrition. So um, when we're talking about nutrition, I don't mean you need to go to the absolute extremes and you know do gluten-free or dairy-free or anything else. What I'm talking about is simple, good nutrition from whole foods you know, uh, getting rid of a lot of the packaged foods because unfortunately they're laced with a lot of sugar and a lot of preservatives. Now, sugar and preservatives really do affect our brain and, and the chemistry of our brain and can really affect our mental health. Now, our mental health is obviously incredibly important. We're already dealing with Um, emotional issues and a range of other things that are going to affect our mental health just by being a carer and to add the complexities of chemical changes in our brain just really isn't conducive to being you know an effective carer or for looking after yourself so I'm I'm talking about green leafies um, beautiful colored fresh fruits and vegetables um, lean protein and, um, you know, some good fats, nuts and seeds, gone are the days where, um, you know, fats are bad and, and, and eggs are bad and, you know, avocados. It's not the case. We need quality fats in our diet, certainly not, um, you know, oils and, um, you know, canola oil and a few other things. But we're looking for plant-based, really good fats. Um, And then we move into physical activity. And again, I'm not talking about going to the extremes where you need to absolutely um, flog yourself to the point where you can't breathe. I'm talking about getting a little bit huffy puffy each day, probably around about the 30 minute mark. Um, And that's getting your heart rate up. And personally for me, I love to do it with people. So I think you need to find something that you enjoy. And what happens when we exercise, we release all of these really good hormones and they really do relieve the stresses in our lives. Quite often I've gone to a workout and I feel like I'm at the end of my tether. And afterwards, after 45 minutes of uh, doing a little bit of exercise and a bit of a stretch and some deep breaths afterwards, I forget what I was so wound up about. Um, so it is really, really important that you can carve out um, some time for yourself um, just to let some of those mental pressures go. So when you're starting to get into that physical activity routine, should you just go straight into it and try and get it done every single day? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, it's hard enough to for us to undertake our role um, as a carer without trying to bring in a whole range of new things straight away. My recommendation is 
absolutely to go slow and simple and within your own boundaries. Now, some people, depending on your age and, and if you've got any injuries, you may want to consult your doctor um, or physiotherapist or another professional first. But like I said, going slow. So, for instance, for me, when I started uh, moving more, I was taking a walk twice a week um, and it was at a moderate pace and I slowly build it up from there. Um, if you do go too hard too fast, you're at significant risk of injuring yourself and also um, burning out, which is counterproductive for what we're trying to achieve here. So that's pretty simple. Start off with the two days a week and then as you see the benefits, just gradually increase it because you'll see more room in your in your routine to actually fit it in, I guess. Absolutely. And some people might not be able to, just may not have the ability to get out and walk. And so it might be, you know, a couple of 10-minute slots broken up in the day of doing something at home. It could be uh, going up and down your steps or a skipping rope or doing a few uh, different exercises that you can simply do at home. Um, you don't have to go for that full half an hour if that's too much. Really important to make it work for you. Brilliant. So you've talked about nutrition, physical activity, and what's next? So I have talked about um, organising your life and your and your role, and really essentially that is good planning. So overwhelm is quite significant a uh, quite a significant issue for carers because um, they have so much that they need to do and quite often it's all sat in their head um, and they don't have any form of structure or system that they can manage that um, so for me what's been really important is to have some lists um, and I keep a nice little notebook, um, what's turned into a folder now, but of Matthew's medicines. So I have a list of his medicines and what he needs to have and when. He now has that on a box where we keep all of the medicines so he knows what he needs to have as well. Um, and this is really important so that you're not trying to remember off the top of your head all the time, what have I done today? What have, you know, I can use that as a checklist and it's, it's done nice and easily. And it's also um, really good for anyone coming in to help you, whether it's respite or you can't, you know, you get sick yourself or what have you, you've got some systems in place. So I use that for his medications and different treatments that he might have. I also have a list of contacts, of key contacts um, that I need, not only for the person I'm caring for, but for myself as well, because um, when we're in the throes of uh, turmoil or we're in an emergency situation, being able to have our information on hand is really important. Um, I also keep a list of questions for medical professionals. Um, rather than me trying to remember everything that I want to ask them and carrying that in my head, I have that listed down so I know I'm going to get to it. And quite often when we go into, whether it's a clinic appointment or you go to the hospital or what have you, you are in an emotional state. If you've got those things already written down, you're likely going to get those things answered. Whereas um, if you don't, I don't know about you, but um, I lose it. I don't remember consciously everything that I need to cover so that's a really good way 
of um, managing that. And then at home, um, whether it's a roster for people to help or whether it's shopping lists or uh, what have you, there are different ways you can help yourself be a little bit more organised um, so that you can lessen the stresses in your life. Mm, it's it's vital and, and it really does lead in to the next one. Um, and obviously we're looking at, at self-care overall and mindset, but your mental health as well. And by being organised, you're lessening your stresses, so you've got more space or more capacity um, in your mind to deal with other things that come your way. So when I talk about um, mindset and self-care and mental health, I'm talking about um, doing things for yourself, like um, getting really good quality sleep, having time out for relaxation, finding or making sure that you're still doing things that light you up. So something for yourself. And it's a really good question for the listeners out there to ask themselves, what lights me up? And am I doing that? Am I am I fulfilling myself and my own need for for enjoyment? Because quite often we just drop all that by the wayside because we're responsible for another person, forget about ourselves. And so I had a a discussion with a lady a couple of days ago and she was starting to feel the isolation and the loneliness and the overwhelm. And um, we were, were talking and going on and I said, what are you doing for yourself when your kids are at school or when you're not um, caring, you know, with that one-on-one contact, what are you doing for yourself? And she couldn't answer me. And then I said, well, what lights you up? What makes you feel good? And she didn't know. Um, And it's really, really important, again, getting back to maintaining that sense of self. So I guess, I mean, something very simple could be maybe going to get your nails done going and meeting up with someone for a cup of coffee or going to the library and reading a book? It could be anything, something that just helps you to stop, take that deep breath and enjoy the moment. Uh, For me, I like to uh, get for a walk down the beach or, like you said, have a couple with a friend or what have you. It doesn't need to be anything big. You don't have to go and join clubs or anything else, but it's, it's just gifting yourself some time to do something that makes you feel good definitely something we do forget to do yes absolutely and the last thing is um your support accessing your support your support team or I like to call it my cheer squad and um and help as well so that's accessing and accepting help and knowing who those supports are or where you can go and that's another list that I like to keep So, and that's quite, uh, can be quite complex. Did you want me to give you some um, ideas on where you can access help that's that's for free, where you don't have to rely on other people? Most definitely. So in your community, um, through my research um, setting up for the carer's place, I was really quite surprised how much support is actually out there when you start looking, Uh, but it's just not obvious. And one of the things that I came to realise is that your local MP are 
so incredibly connected with all of the different community groups that are within your area um, and quite often we can sort of feel that we're not connected uh, or we, that MPs are perhaps untouchable, which is actually not the case at all. Well, certainly not um, in my experience. Our local MP has a wealth of knowledge and her staff are very helpful. So they're a great way um, if you just don't know where to start go and uh, see your local MP's office and they can certainly uh, direct you in your own way. But we've also got, uh, there are local community centres uh, that you have in your area as well. But two really big ones for me that I discovered that I had no idea about, uh, one was Carers Gateway. This is a government uh, funded site, an Australian government funded site, and it has a plethora of uh, information for carers and different information for different stages of being a carer. And so they're at www.carersgateway, so C A R E R S gateway, G A T E W A Y dot gov dot au 1-800-422-737 now they can connect you with anything from health and well-being but to payments and supports that you might be eligible for respite emergency planning and they also have links um, and lists to other services that might be of use to you um, i think it's a, a really great resource that um, probably hasn't been promoted enough and Carers Australia, they're Australia-wide and they have branches in each state as well. So that's www.carersaustralia.com.au. And if you go to the resources section, your state's um, page will be there and you can click in and get all of your information. So the Carers Gateway, your local government MP, MP and also Carers Australia. Fantastic. Mm. And they, like I said, they have links to other services that may be useful in your particular situation. They're not the only help. Uh, I mean, I could sit here all day and, and rattle off so many different places that you could access help, but they're a great starting point. Most definitely. So we have all these tips about how to maintain our, our self-care routines that you've just gone through. How do we start recognising when these are starting to slip or that we're starting to get into that overwhelm cycle? It's different for everybody, but I think recognising that your patterns are different to what they would normally be. For instance, if you're normally a social person um, and you're finding that you're not getting any social connection whatsoever and, and your tendency is to withdraw, that's a really early warning sign. And then some general signs and symptoms could be other than the disengagement is you know tiredness um, being lethargic mood changes um, hyper emotional or on the flip side of that you really block your emotions so you're just not feeling anything you're a bit numb um, headaches you lack drive and motiv motivation perhaps you're forgetful maybe you've got aches pains you keep getting sick um, and you're always busy. You're busy being busy. And that's very common as a carer is to be, you know, for want of a better word, chasing your tail and not really being able to see the light or that you're achieving anything. Um, and that can definitely be a significant feeder for overwhelm. So you've got all of those things that could be something to keep an eye on. Yes. 
You sound like such a master. Do you ever get into these overwhelm cycles and then pull yourself out? Oh my goodness, honey. I don't know if I'm a master, uh, but I am certainly a master at experiencing all of these things. Absolutely. And it's something that you need to be really conscious of. And it's, it's why it's important to have your supports around you because just because I know all of the signs and symptoms doesn't make me um, not experience them. And, you know, it's very common when you go through um, an acute phase in caring and it might be, um, for me, my son might have a particularly nasty virus or a bug that sees him in hospital or something comes out of the blue or I have issues perhaps with my other son who has you know, uh, mental health um, concerns because of being a sibling or what have you. I'm certainly not immune to any of those things, but I certainly have strategies in place to deal with them and I'm much better at recognising them and doing something that fulfils me um, so I can snap myself out of it. Um, and that's really the key thing, I think, for me is... Um, you know, the other day I was feeling it. We had a tough week last week and and I could see I was just snappy. I wasn't tolerant. Um, and it's very, very against my grain to be like that. And I needed to really just, and I did, I, I got up, got in the car, went to the beach and uh, went for a walk just to get some deep uh, breaths of that beautiful fresh air that you get from the beach. And Breathing, uh, if you can't get out, for me, breathing and taking time out, whether it's having a shower and doing those deep breaths, um, can really change my whole, the whole way that I'm behaving and um, trick me into, you know, getting back on track, really. Well, that's good to know that mm. it is a long process to learn. Yes. And if you do fall back into old habits, it's okay. And that it's just about recognizing that and continuing to build on the tools that you've got in your little toolbox. Absolutely. And not beating ourselves up um, because I think we really do expect a lot out of ourselves. Being responsible for somebody else's health and well-being um, is a massive uh, responsibility and pressure um, and a huge task. And uh, it's really important that we do recognize that and and cut ourselves a little bit of slack you know we can't be everything to everybody all the time and uh, it's incredibly important to put yourself first because um, inevitably something you know something will fall or will break if you don't look after yourself so if I was if I had a friend who was in that caring role and I wanted to provide support to them in whatever way that they, they would like. Yes. Um, how would I go about helping them? Well, first of all, the obvious answer is to ask or insist perhaps. And uh, you'll probably or possibly get a, a, a response like, I'm fine. No, no, everything's fine. I'm all good. But realistically, um, taking that on face value could be quite dangerous because we can often um well for me I felt like I was weak for asking for help and I think that's quite a common thing um and so you know going on from asking um there are a range of different things that I think could make a difference for people and it could be helping uh the carer to 
you know, to complete those lists or to get organised in the home. It could be making contact with one of those care agencies that I spoke to about earlier because they've, they've probably got a, a range of different resources um, that can be quite valuable depending on your situation. Perhaps you could, bake, uh, you know, do some baking or make some meals or do some bulk cooking for that person. Um, I always find that when my house is cluttered, my mind is cluttered, the old clear the clutter, clear the mind thing. So simple things like, you know, going over there and maybe having a chat with the person and while while you're doing that, folding up some of their washing or making them a cuppa or, you know, perhaps um, just doing that, just sitting down and having a listen, not necessarily having to feel like you've got all the answers and certainly not questioning them about have they tried this, that or what have you because you could come up with a uh, brick wall there. Um, you could run some errands for them. Uh, you could just give them a hug and let them know that you're there um, because quite often carers feel very alone. They feel alone. They feel um, like they don't matter anymore and uh, a little bit left out in the cold. So knowing that people are there, whether it's a message or a hug or just a phone call or what have you, can make a huge amount of difference to a person who may not have had any contact with anyone else for days and days and days. Very, very good tips. I absolutely loved all of them. So I just going through those five activities and you had nutrition, physical activity, organizing your life and role as a carer, mindset, and making sure you have that support team written down. So um, do you have any resources yourself that you'd be willing to share with our listeners? Absolutely. Um, I have, what I can do is send you um, a document that has got a little bit of an introduction uh, to what I'm going to send you, um, a template or a pro forma list of some key contacts that you may be able to or may be relevant for you but with a whole range of blank spaces there for you to fill in your own details as well. Um, the medications chart that I've done for my clients, um, I think that is a really great tool. Like I said before, I'll send you that. And I've got a page worth of questions that you may have for or would like to know. They're kind of need to knows really for the healthcare professionals that are looking after the person you're caring for. Sometimes we don't know the questions that we need to ask or we don't know because we're not there yet. So these questions are everything from who do I contact in an emergency situation because it might not be an emergency where I need to go to the hospital but it's still an emergency for you. Um, and then the types of um, signs and symptoms that you need to look out for, um, what is the best way to do X, Y or Z. There's a range of different questions there um, that I think are very valuable for anybody who's in a caring role, be it new, uh, be them new in their role or be them existing. Uh, it's a really good uh, resource just to have that information on hand. The other thing is, like I said earlier, you may end up being able to access some respite or um, some other help. You might get help from friends or family who come over and take over your caring role, be it for a few hours or a couple of days. And having that information there for them is um, 
is a load off of your mind for getting things prepared and also really clear and concise for them to know what to do in the case of whatever situation may arise. So I'll share that with you. Fantastic. And we'll make sure that's on our website on this recording podcast as well. So thank you so much for all your tips and amazing strategies today, Cassie. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Um, quite passionate about this. So any opportunity to talk about it, um, I'm absolutely there. So thank you very much. And if our listeners wanted to get in contact with you, how would they do that? You can visit my website. All my contact details are there at www.thecarersplace.com.au. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. That's all we have for you today. Special thanks to Cassie for coming on the show to share her wisdom with us. Remember that being a carer is a tough role and a mistake to think that you can do it all. Being strong for your loved one means taking care of yourself first. We've included all the links and resources Cassie mentioned on our website, www.caringforseniors.com.au slash podcast slash the number 10. Thank you for tuning in and take care. If there's a topic you would like us to explore or have feedback about the show, do get in touch with us via email, caringforseniorspodcast, all one word, at gmail.com. That's caringforseniorspodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week and take care.